0: I'd been holding inside of me what looked like in my, I'm going to talk chakra talk, in my chakra, like a boulder. It was like a block. I had anger in there. I was raised to be sort of a nice girl, you know, to be, make everybody happy. Don't disrupt the house, whatever. Say yes, you know, to myself. I said, I can't, I can't hold this anymore. I'm going to go crazy. I can't have this. This feels not who I am. And so I sat down at the computer for a full day and I, raged the page and I said everything that I could never say to anybody or anything even things that felt so horrendous to say and I put it on paper
1: Welcome to insert human This is a show that is not for everyone It's for seekers people like you hopefully who are searching for solutions to your problems the world's problems and everything in between The conversations to come are going to show you how finding the truth of our humanity is the magic key to solving pretty much anything. Between my monologues, my dialogues with brilliant guests, and your good questions, you're going to learn how to insert human into everything, and in doing so, realize a better life, and one day, a better world. Just writing this book has been just so profound because it's forced me to think about what Technology has done to the world, you know, in both a good way and not so good way. Like at a really sort of uh, behavioral level, it just yeah, it's just been this crazy intellectual journey. You know, I've I've always had thoughts about it, but I've never had to sort of bring it all together and present it in consolidated and cogent form. And so yeah, it's been crazy. Anyway, how are you?
0: Yeah, but I I, know I hear what you're saying. I'm fine, Uh, but I hear what you're saying because when you do. It's like, <laughs> it's kind of like me yesterday, we brought all these stuff home because we sold our house and we had boxes of, uh, the thing I brought back into the house was photos. So I had years and years of photos and I was gonna just put them, tuck them back up in the attic here in our, in our new dwelling. And instead I took them out and each day I take a handful out and I go through the photos and I sorted them into boxes. And it was like, I was going through time in a matter of hours, I was seeing 50 years of experience and technology to me is like that. It's like, it's sped up the world in the same way that I felt like I was going through each of those photos, seeing my life and my kid, my kids' lives in this, in this amazing amount of things have happened in a very short time. And we've been witness to that, you know, as when we came in at this time and In history. And it's fascinating because when you put it all together, you see a different picture than when you just wake up in the morning and say, Oh, you know, here we go. It's, it's another day, which, which reminds me before, right before I got on to this, this call in the kitchen, I was downstairs and people were commenting how, you know, every day seems the same. We couldn't believe it was already Tuesday again. And it was like, every day seems the same. And it's not, it's it's no different. And my perspective is every day is so dramatically different. And somebody else's perspective was completely different from mine. And it makes me realize that how, where we bring our attention to gives us our our perspective. Everyone is totally in the world a different way.
1: (laughs) And and, and I think what's interesting about that is it's a choice, right? Like, we can choose to look at our day as a different proposition we can choose to look at it as a multi-dimensional amorphous blob that we can form and fashion and re- and create and respond to or we can choose to view it as exact the exact same day as it was the day before you know like you know one of the one of the things I, I, I've written about is, is that you know life isn't done to us we do to life right like so so these are all. These are all choices, you know. How we how we how we respond to COVID is a choice. How we how we take advantage of the day is a choice, right?
0: And it is it is like Groundhog Day because sometimes it could feel to to someone if they're making the same choices every day and they're not they're not they're stuck in that place or they're not or, or even if they don't consider themselves stuck but they just show up the same way every day, life is going to respond the same way. Like that, like in that Groundhog movie, it's pretty. Pretty amazing because if you if you decide to choose like say something starts, is really popping up and it you go I have visited this seven times before and so let me just take a look at it because I don't want it to happen an eighth time you know I want to see if I can avoid it so you look inward a little bit and you look at the dynamics of what are ha- what are happening and some of the thoughts that you have to shape that experience because. You know how it is like you can think something is really horrible but when you change your view on it just a little bit all of a sudden the experience changes people interact with you very differently they they change so it makes you realize that the power that we have is really so close it's right in here it has nothing to do with anybody else i mean it has to do because we're all players but when you shift something There is a power that shifts everything else around you. And therefore, if those things are shifting, just think of that ripple effect. I mean, it's profound, really. I mean, we talk about that intellectually, but it really is a real thing. And we play with it all the time, but not if we show up every day holding with these strongholds.
1: Yeah, I mean, it's funny. Like I think of the questions I've had from people over the years, and probably the most common one, the refrain is, not intellectually understanding what you just said but but behaviorally how do you make that shift so you know i I hear what you say i understand what you say i seek i seek the the world that you've just sort of painted but how do i get out how do i break my stuckness you know how do i break the the patterns that are holding me in a holding pattern you know like do you have a do you have a view on that
0: Well, I have, I do have a view on it, but I, I also think you have experience with having become unstuck, and you must have had a method for doing that. And so, I'd ask first: is how did you do it?
1: Maybe there are two things that happened to me. Which one is a back, reverse-engineered introduction view. But the, the, the simple answer is I, in a good way, I hit a form of rock bottom where I realized that. That the only way forward was to commit to becoming unstuck. That my life as it existed was so fundamentally unfulfilled and devoid of human intimacy in any form that I chose. I could not choose anything other than to unstuck myself, unstick myself. And then the second thing that happened was I, I reconnected with you. And that's the intro for the audience. That's the introduction of my dear friend, Melissa Haya, who we went to college together and were friends in college. And then we sort of moved apart. She got married. I got married. Things happened, whatever, whatever. And then right around the time that I started realizing my stuckness and my dissatisfaction with my human state, truly serendipity brought us together. And I'll never forget. The first physical meeting, which I think we talked about fairly recently, going to your house in Harvard and you answering the door and you like putting your hand out to my large bulbous head and, and saying effectively, I don't know if you said it right then or you said it a few minutes later, but you said you're, you have so much heat coming out of your head. And it was the beginning of you helping me understand that sort of living in this hyper-controlled, mental-only suppressed heart, suppressed spirit, suppressed soul, suppress basically all the other chakras, was ultimately not only unhealthy to me. But uh, And getting in the way of me becoming me, but ultimately might even, I mean, the way I read it or heard it, Melissa, I don't know if I ever told you this, was, was if I didn't do something about it, I would, I would have a short life. Not only would I have an unhappy life or unfulfilled life, but I would actually have a shorter life. So that's, you know, that's my, as I said, reverse engineered introduction of, of, of not just a dear friend, but a human who has really been incredibly instrumental, probably the most important human in my life in terms of helping me find my way out of that, that unstuckness, all the way to being here and the, and the creation of insert human, the the writing of my book, technology is dead, the writing of my book, this is it. The life that I have is, is honestly largely a function of the the person on the other end of this Zoom call. I love you for that.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Thank you, Chris. I I do want to say something interesting about that time, because as I recall that morning, we hadn't seen each other for at least seven years, and that morning before you, we even connected, that day you came, you know, before, I had been, like, brushing my teeth or something, and all of a sudden you came into my head, and it was just what you said. I could feel something in your left court up here in your head. It was very hot. I felt it. I don't normally have those types of experiences. I think we all uniquely have something that happens to us that doesn't feel of us it comes through us and so that connection I think was set up before we even connected and then mysteriously I went downstairs I couldn't shake the thought it became it took over my whole body and so weirdly the phone rang with one of our friends and you happened to be at the house so there was something that is not it just this sort of doesn't make sense intellectually that happened at that time where you were perceived I could feel that danger that you felt in, inside yourself or and the confusion so what I want to say about that is we're all we're connected we have people that sort of we' we don't we can't really explain why they're connected at that time that serve as how I don't know an angel role or a help role or Just guide at that time and we don't know who those are gonna be but when we're open to it and we trust our we don't we're not scared of that intuitive thing that happens whether it's a cognitive dream or just knowing trusting your gut these beautiful things happen which unveil sort of allow us to live more fully the destiny that we I think have here so so that that experience was something that came through me I didn't. And when I put my hands on your head, I just knew instinctively to pull energy out of your head. And I almost burned my hand. I literally felt physically that I was burned by fire. And that to me was something that I'd never had before. I'm not a hands-on healer, but my body knew what to do. So I'm just saying that these things are, you know, they're not, we don't really talk about these things. So many things happen to people that we don't really talk about because there's not a Paradigm or a template to talk about them comfortably without people saying this is really weird stuff like unless you do that all the time and then you're like hey that's not weird that's 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 the way life is so
1: yeah i mean i think i mean i think the funny thing about the statement we don't really talk about these things is I, i think that's sort of true on on multiple levels you know from metaphysical down to we're not we're not very good at telling telling each other the truth, you know, that, and, and that, that's become sort of a, a platform of mine with people. You know, my, my mother-in-law, I don't, know, I don't think I told you this, my mother-in-law called me the other day talking about a challenge that she has with her husband who she wants to move to a retirement community and he doesn't really want to move. But, you know, she was asking for my advice and they've been married for almost 49 years. And I said, you know, Maggie, I think, I think the real issue here is that you and Bob don't really tell each other the truth. So I think we don't, we don't, we, we don't like, we don't look at, we don't acknowledge the truth, you know, practically, we don't acknowledge the truth metaphysically. And, and the sad irony is it's, it's in those expirations. I think that real meaning, real connection, real understanding, real happiness, like, you know, all the bounty we seek in multiple forms is, is there. If we can find the capacity to start looking at it, right? Like, and I guess that goes back to my point about rock bottom. I think for most people, they need desperation to motivate a different way, a, a different sort of way of being, right? Like, how did you, like, how did your journey start? I, I don't think I've ever asked you that question.
0: I had some very unusual things happen to me, but it, it was it was a form of. I think all the most amazing supernatural kinds of things that happened to me have come at a time when I totally surrendered because I felt I cannot do this on my own. I cannot change the situation or or I felt that my world had completely fallen apart. Maybe I lost somebody that was meant everything to me in the world. and And then all of a sudden in that surrender, I would find a place within myself. And for me, it happened to be, I was in that state looking at a plant in a window and I literally became one with that plant in that moment. And all of a sudden I had been queued up with like so many words. It was almost like I couldn't hold them. And I had to run to the computer and I started writing. And, it, and, and for six months I started writing. I couldn't stop writing. I would write from six in the morning till two at night. I couldn't stop. Dreams opened up. I, when I turned on the television after that, I could tell when people weren't telling the truth. It was like I all of a sudden entered a whole different room.
1: Can I ask how, how old
0: were you? I, I think that was about, I'd say 20 years ago maybe, 15, 20 years ago. But it came really on the heels of saying, I can't, I, a big shift part of that happened was, I've been holding inside of me what looked like in my, I'm gonna talk chakra talk, in my chakra, like a boulder. It was like a block. I had anger in there. I was raised to be sort of a nice girl, you know, to be, make everybody happy. Don't disrupt the house, whatever. Say yes, you know, put a smile on your face. And I think a lot of us were. And I had anger that I didn't express. And so I said, I, to myself, I said, I can't, I can't hold this anymore. I'm going to go crazy. I can't have this. This feels not, not who I am. And so I sat down at the computer for a full day and I raged the page. I love, I just called it, raged my page. And I said everything that I could never say to anybody or anything, even things that felt so horrendous to say. And I put it on paper and I did that for a day and a half. And then I was exhausted. I got it all out and then I burned it all. And then the next day I wrote letters to the people who I had felt this to, but from their higher self to me. So from, from higher self, I mean, from a part of themselves that only expresses and knows and embodies unconditional love to me. And when I read the letter back, because I was channeling it. So when I read the letter back to me, I was blown away. It was a gift. So I removed this block in my root chakra and I planted it with what I call this tree of empathy. And it just grew up through all the other chakras and opened up every part of me. It opened up my third eye. It opened up my ability to experience things in the unseen. So I think what happens is there needs to be this flow moving through the body. There needs to be this, this true, you know, you need to, uh, for me, it was, I had to get rid of that. That was preventing me from seeing the world or in, in the way that I really was meant to experience it, I think. And and, and everybody has very different experiences and they're all so colorful and so unique and, and beautiful. And we don't usually talk about them except with people who we're comfortable talking with them about because they're sacred. Words don't adequately express the real story because there's so much else around it.
1: Sacred and or maybe some percentage of us feels like we might be viewed as different or, you know, like do we, do we fear... Sharing the truth of these of these sort of source stories because we others might think we're I don't know you know a little di- yeah this is a little different. So I, I love the tree of empathy idea. So can you sort of talk a little bit more about? I'm a I'm a big believer in empathy, but why those that, those words and and sort of how empathy played a role in in all that.
0: It's like, it's almost like where, for me, it's like you have to put yourself in the other shoes because we are the other shoe. (laughs) You know, we're just, like, I'm looking at life now as we're just acting. Like, we're playing a role. Like, I feel like the last 50 years we've been playing a role where we're learning about responsibility. So, it's the blame game. We blame everybody now for everything because we're not, it's somebody else. But really, it's, it's us. Okay. So, empathy is... I mean, that process of removing the anger allowed me to recognize that, for, first of all, I grew up saying that anger wasn't okay. So if anger's not okay, then where does it go? It's not coming out here, so it's stuck in the back, right? <laughs> so you've got back troubles, you know, you're all this kind of stuff, and that you can't really say what you want to say because you have to hold it back. So when you, when you are able to say it, but you want to say it, you don't want to direct it at somebody, but if you can, in your own private space, can do your work, and there's lots of ways, journaling or writing like I did, just get it out. And then it's like you're, it's almost like you're visiting a your child in there and you are the adult and you're allowing them to have their tantrum, but you're also the adult hearing it and then if you can understand that who, no one's doing anything to you, or if they're doing something to you, there's a real golden, there's a gift in there. There is a truly gift. I love this whole idea of going to someone's higher self and saying, cause then you understand what they, what they're doing is because they're having their life lessons too. You know, they, they're evolving too. And, and it helps you to understand that your power really, really is in how, in, in, is in your ability to to move your keep your energy fl- flowing. your are moving. That means expressing yourself honestly. Like it's not always comfortable to express yourself. It's really, really can be perceived as dangerous. For me, it was. It meant it meant that I would be exposing things that we all have agreed consensusly are the thing to do. You know, I don't. I didn't want to criticize. You know, the patriarch of a family because that's what we're meant to do. We're meant to build it up. That was the era. Of York so you know there's all these things that are going on this consensus reality thing now I think we're in a really interesting time because now the veil's lifted and now we 're seeing everything because of technology that you talk about things are being exposed, and we can see that anything that isn't in that form of truth, compassion, equality is being exposed and will continue to be rapidly our, all of our we've known for 15-20 years we've been talking about all of our institutions from government to education to churches everything is going to come unraveled because of the foundations they were built on and it's happening now we it's just happening all of a sudden rapidly like just and it's going to continue to happen and there's that's also there's a tremendous potential on how we view that like what, what how each individual is going to view it differently depending on
1: yeah, it's funny what you just said. I, I actually had coffee with a, f- a friend of, uh, about an hour ago, and um, we were talking about this, the current world and COVID and everything. And you know, I said, my view is that none of what we're experiencing is new. Like, these are not new issues. These are not new challenges. These are not new realities. It's just an accentuation and a elevation of what's been happening for a long time. You know, and so... And I view that mostly as a positive, I don't know if you'd agree with that, but this elevation acceleration, accentuation of these very real, I guess both issues and opportunities in our society, both both domestic and global, I guess the hope out of that is that the, the elevation acceleration results in innovations and you know in actions that will result in more people being better supported to realize the full potential of their life, both supported, you know, mechanistically and sort of policy form and also philosophically in call it cultural form. I don't know. You know, I don't, you know, how do you see this unfolding? Like, how do you see, how do you see the world on the other side of COVID vaccine or herd immunity or, or.
0: Um, I I see it as there's, it's not that it's not, just accentuated there's a lot of again I go back to foundations of what everything's been built on and it's like I think everything in life has cycles and I think William Butler Yeats wrote that whole the vision that he wrote was about that where the, everything is sort of cycling and we have been experimenting with this for quite some time and now it's really time for us as individuals to take full responsibility for our for co-creating what we've created. A lot of things have gone on that are hidden and they're based on self-interest. You know, it's just, it's taken a cycle. It's gone to the extreme. We are at the extreme of a cycle. That's how I look at it. And things come undone at the end of a cycle. And then we start again, and it's probably going to be another, another evolution of learning something else. But so that's the way I, I kind of see it in my own private head but I do think it's going to take that we're going to continue to be surprised. I think, and that we ha- the best way to navigate this is to is we really have to we have to be really open. We have to really self-examine some of our biases, our prejudices that we don't think we even have. What we do because they're imprints. We grew up with them. can they just they even if we were in the same room we they, we started to take on some of this stuff. You know, I mean, from living day to day, and we just act, we may say things unconsciously that we don't even know we're thinking. So it's now is the time to, when we have these things, if you're aware, you know, and, and people have different awareness levels and, and some people are just drawn, drawn to wanting to evolve. Like that's their mission. I don't want to be in this body. I don't want to come back and have to do this again. I want to really learn more about this and, and be freer really. Cause it's kind of like bondage if you don't. If you don't do some of this work, but so I I feel like now's a tremendous opportunity to, to kind of challenge when you feel so when you feel yourself starting to get angry over something or react, you know, and your body gets tight, notice where it is like, is it here? Is it down in your gut? Is it where is it and notice it as it's happening? And then really, start to do some inquiry about it. And your, your book, I think, starts, helps with some of that, you know, to be able to become conscious of that. And, and Julie Matheson's book, which I mentioned to you, which is about looking at the tangles. These t- tangles are beliefs that we have that we just run as truth, and we and we examine them, you know we may have a crazy reaction to something, and my reaction is going to be much different than your reaction to something, but it's based on a, a three assumptions that we had or beliefs or imprints we got, and we've never examined them so she gives up you know a lot of promptings in her book, Lotus Flower Living, I think it is called that allow you to go through identify what your most urgent ones are, and take those apart and then create a new template because once you're aware of them and simply being aware of them, then you can do something. Then you got your power back. But really to go out and say that the world needs to fix itself isn't the solution. The idea is if one person, you know, if one person, if you change your level of consciousness, I really believe that you're equivalent to, you know, like, like I wanted you to read that book, David Hawkins, power versus force. Cause he talked about people respond based on their level of awareness consciousness they can't they're gonna if we have 12 people they're gonna have very different views of the same situation we're we're all in this world in our unique way but we all have i think a responsibility now to stop making everybody else responsible for our lives like take it back because it's it's right here our power our real power and this isn't just a little power this little thing where i'm only me and i can only do a little thing and i'm only here meditating in this room or I'm in my garden, that's bull. I mean, we have this power that we have this ability to send out into the world in various ways, whether it's through inspired activism or artistic endeavors or working with the earth. I mean, we have each of these things is real power.
1: Back to the sort of stuck scenario, Uh, I think equivalent question is... I, I hear what you're saying, but what can I do today? Like, if you had one bit of advice for the people listening in on taking, taking back their power and, and, or, or owning their power and owning their responsibility, not waiting for, you know, the world to take care of itself, what one step could, could they take? Because, you know, what, again, based on the conversation I've had with lots of people about related topics, I think people just want to know one starter, you know, what's the starter kit? to try to begin to create some momentum around, around this?
0: Well, for me, that book is really helping me right now. But I always find that I always get the perfect book that I need at the right time. So everybody has, I think, is to trust, trust your inner guide. Your, trust it more than anything. One thing I, would t- I wanted, if I could leave my kids with one thing I always felt was trust your information. And I feel that that's more vital than ever right now. Because your information and I don't mean information based on fear. I mean information that's free of fear. you trust your intuition.
1: Your truth, right? Yeah. Your
0: truth. I mean, connect first, first of all, connect with your higher self. Our higher self, again, means the part of you that is, is, comes from an unconditional wisdom and love. There's no fear in that picture because that's a place of eternalness, right? Okay. So there's no fear there. Trust that part. If fear enters the picture, you got to discern whether that's real fear or just one of those programmed imprints. So that's what I'm saying, you you got to do the individual work. I think that's a great book to do it. I think everybody has their own way and they should trust their information what the perfect next step is for them.
1: It's funny, you know, you, you know Emmett and I, Emmett is my son and you know he's been struggling lately with the covid situation and career career questions and what he really wants to do and We ultimately arrived. He arrived at it with a little bit of help from me. At this realization that this this inner capacity, self-love, knowing one's truth, you know, being okay, that the empathy for self, that that core is actually the critical work to be done. It's not to go find a new job or find a new career. It's actually to find himself, and that in finding himself, you know, all sorts of doors will open, opportunities will arise, clarity will be, you know, like, and that's what certainly happened for me. And back to your role in my life, like you helped me so tremendously get to know me, allow myself to know me, and allow myself to feel the feelings of me without judgment, you know, that you also mentioned the word unconditional with the phrase unconditional love. And I think that is such a critical capacity, both in inwards as well as outwards, you know, to, to everybody around us, right? Well, I, I need I need to let you go. I love you tons. Every word I've said about your role in my life, I've understated. <laughs> you know, I mean, it's, I. I you, you also used the word angel earlier, and you you were served. You were presented to me from some higher power as an angel to to guide me out of the darkness, you know, and, and you did that. And I I just am so appreciative. And and everything that I'm doing today, Melissa, is I view as a continuation of those conversations we began in your kitchen, whatever that was 15 years ago.
0: Of the work you did and and you too have helped help me. You connected me through Tom and seeing that amazing garden. And since then I've been able to go into work with my garden, which is now turning into a farm simply because of that whole that whole day that we explored the paralander concept. So we we are, you know, we're angels for each other, all of us mm-hmm. and don't, I think the other message for people is don't be afraid to step outside your comfort zone. If it feels right and you feel like you're, spo- you're supposed, you're gonna say something to someone because it's not you thinking it, it's just coming through you, share it because it's meant to be shared. We're all there as a conduit to help others, especially through these times.
1: Yeah, I love that and I love you. Thank you so much, sweetie. And uh, I'm sure we'll talk probably tomorrow. (laughs) Okay. All right. Bye. Thanks for listening today. If your interest is piqued and you want more, visit my site, chriscolbert.com to subscribe to the show, listen to prior recordings and get direct access to my articles and the talks I've given around the world over the last couple of years. When you sign up, you'll also receive a free copy of the first chapter of my about to be published book, technology is dead. And again, if you want more, just visit chriscolbert.com. It would be great to have you with me on the ride.